0: Okay, you go to war, you go to combat, you're gonna have these side effects, just like you take any medicine or anything. Well, war has side effects. I got a call January 2nd, 2019, that my sniper partner took his life. And that right there, it's, it's one thing to lose a friend to suicide, but it's another thing to lose your absolute true north. When you think about your mentor in life, You just know that anytime you want, you can call them to gain wisdom, advice, that they're your True North sounding born. Well, that was David Metcalf. He wasn't just my sniper partner. He was not only my True North, he was our whole platoon's True North. And then he's gone. And it was such a shell shock that it just, I mean, it was like a gut shot. I decided to take a step back and sit down and say, okay, what in the hell are we missing? Now, I don't think I'm some kind of savior or some genius that can fix things. But I always ask the question from my own edification, what are we missing? Why is it that we're losing so many people? It's not just veterans, first responder, it's civilian. There are so many suicides happening that it's becoming a normalcy in today's society. So I asked this question, is it just the brain or is it more at play here? And I threw this thesis, this idea to a buddy of mine who's a doctor at a major university. And I said, hey, what do you think about this? Is it just brain or is there more? Is it physiological? He goes, absolutely, 100% it is. I said, okay, cool. So if we know this, then why aren't we doing something about it? He goes, what do you propose? And that's the birth of the Human Performance Project.
1: As we start moving away from summer into a new season, winter, we should pause. While the changing colors have gone and there is the occasional bite in the air, there's still plenty of fun to be had. Before we plunge into the next season, the next annual cycle, a time to lock in memories of trails run, open water swims completed, epic passes ridden and peaks climbed, and to let next season's dreams find their footing in our imagination. Who can I be? What can I do? Let's lock in those visions that embody us and our passions in places that motivate us and help us become who we want to be. Let's get outdoors seeking to fulfill that desire in our own way. A desire that's not defined by hustle, hype, or getting ahead, but by deeper connection and drawing closer to the people and places that matter most. Hi everybody, and welcome to the Endurance and Pursuit of Potential podcast. Man, that is still a tongue twister, especially after not having said it in quite some time. Endurance and the Pursuit of Potential podcast. So here we are. (laughs) It's been a minute. It's been a few months. Actually, it's been an entire season. We have not done a podcast, David and I, as well as me by myself, since the summer began in the meantime we've gone through summer (laughs) an entire quarter we're almost halfway through the fall and we're finally finally returning to actually not only recording a podcast but getting into the flow of podcasting again and today you'll primarily get a little bit of a catch-up on where the heck I've been and what's been going on. I've actually received a lot of really nice notes and emails from some of you, even um, on Instagram, some DMs about, where are you? What happened to the podcast? It's back, we're back. And what's really fun about this, and there's a long story behind it, is that the next few weeks and months of recording, will be pretty intense and exciting with all kinds of new characters, adventures, uh, approaches, as well as continuing on our theme of helping you achieve your endurance outcomes, helping you achieve endurance potential, a potential that many of you know, and I live by bringing out in all of you that I believe fully in my heart that we all have an endurance athlete within us and one that with the proper training and the proper mindset, big one there, proper mindset, can be brought out and can flourish in our lives and can make the rest of our day and our lives better, not meaning in the future our lives, but more in general, a more fruitful, fulfilled daily life, due to the endurance athlete and the endurance potential that comes out within all of us. That's where we are, back at it again. And from there, I should jump right into where I've been and what's been going on. Well, it's been an interesting summer, mainly because I've been quite busy. And I usually don't like the word busy. Busy to me, is something that doesn't have a lot of intention and direction behind it. And again, you guys all know how I'm a stickler about intention and also direction, but busy because of new opportunities that presented themselves and therefore following through on doing them, participating in them, as well as uh, leading them. And what does that mean? Well, I have been, I've been fortunate enough to be asked to lead some retreats as well as do some coaching and mindset work in a variety of different arenas. And I have been able to follow through on that. That being via some retreats on the all day running company side of things where we did events such as Hell on the Hill and Hell on the Hill, Maine with Jesse's Groups. Then I'm also part of a coaching mastermind group that Jesse Itzler runs. When I say Jesse, that's who I'm talking about. That uh, I'm also coaching endurance athletes within that. And then many of you know, the 29029 events also kept me quite engaged. I'm going to avoid that word busy. Yeah, so therefore you can see the summer went from week to week to week and being focused primarily on my athletes and then being focused on these commitments I had said yes to and wanted to put my best foot forward with because if I'm going to commit to it, if I'm going to say yes, you're going to get all of me. That's one of the things I pride myself on when it comes to 29 out 29 events. Some of these events are back-to-back weekends, right? So we'll do two days 36 hours of climbing one weekend or friday and saturday and then a few days later we meet up again at that location in on a thursday and wake up again at 6 a.m climbing for 36 hours same course different people but they deserve the same coaching the same energy the same approach the same mindset as the people the first week and so similarly with all these events Whether it was Hell on the Hill, Maine, whether it's Hell on the Hill at Jesse's house in Connecticut, being there to provide coaching and mindset work, being there providing support, any type of guidance to allow the athlete doing the event to perform better, that's what I see my job as being. Whether that is in the form of coaching, whether that's in the form of mindset, whether that's in the form of tips and tools and techniques and tricks, whether that's in the form of fueling and hydration, whether that's in the form of preparing for the event better, whether that's in the form of how to go about an endurance event, such as something like 29 or 29, where you're doing something for 36 hours and how you care for yourself in the first 12, 13 hours. It dictates who you're, who you're going to be at hour 24, 25 or 26 very similar to the coaching I talk about here. When you keep in mind what it's going to be like to run a 50 miler or a 100 miler, and you're out there for 10, 12 hours, let's say for a 50 miler, or 24 to 30 to 36 hours for a 100 miler, you think 24 to 30 hours out there, how you care for yourselves in hours six and eight and 10 and 12 and 16 will determine who you will be at hour 22, 24, 26, and 28. And so it's this, this space to sit in and teaching that to a lot of newer endurance athletes of I'm not only taking care of myself now, fueling hydration, body management, But also how I want to show up tomorrow (laughs) after hiking all night or let's say in a multi-day stage event where you're saying, okay, how I take care of myself today and tonight will dictate who I'll be on day two, three, four and five. And so that was sort of my summer. Now I lost all of July. We we traveled as a family through Europe for a couple of weeks. And so that ate up most of that part of the month. August, there were a variety of 29029 events, as well as Hell on the Hill. And then September as well, 29029 events and another Hell on the Hill. Overall, it's not a question of compromising any type of service and quality I want to deliver. It was just that the podcast and being home and spending time with it was not available. That's number one. And secondly, quite honestly, you have all heard from me before. I don't like to just talk on this podcast to talk. There's plenty of information, knowledge, and podcasts out there already that can deliver plenty of content when it comes to not only talking to talk (laughs) but also similar in how to execute let's say for races or similar on how to train for said event that's not what this is about this podcast is truly about ultra endurance training mindset and the transformation that comes about while you're on the journey, getting ready for the event that for you is on the far edge of what you deem possible and who you become in the process. That's what this podcast is about. Endurance and the pursuit of potential. It's not a finish line and then it's done. You're constantly pursuing potential. You're constantly seeking We as humans are designed to be seekers. We're happiest when we're making progress, when we're growing, when we're moving forward, even when we're failing, but we're failing forward. We see the growth and understanding and the lessons and the knowledge and the maturity in our failures. It still fulfills us. It's when we don't make progress. It's when we go backwards or we stand still that we get unhappy and so this pursuit, the seeking of potential and our growth and who we can be is at the forefront of everything we talk about here. And quite honestly, everything I talk about with my athletes. That was the summer. That was basically the summer of 2022. I apologize that I didn't have a podcast, but I sort of don't. Because again, I want the knowledge or the, the content, I should say, to be of a level and a quality and an interest that isn't just noise. I hope you can (laughs) forgive me, but I also know that those of you that listen regularly know this about me already, and that the quality of content is way more important to me than just content and recording another podcast. So let's dive into this week. What are we going to have Well, week? I shouldn't commit to that either. I shouldn't commit to saying there's going to be another podcast next week. There will be more frequent podcasts again. I can promise that. But it's not the weekly word anymore. And so therefore, I need to correct the verbiage there around this week. But part of why this summer filled me up a little bit more than Past summers, A, you lose a month. I don't usually travel for a month through Europe, um, across Europe, not through Europe, um, with my family, four kids and Emily. That That's an unusual trip and we're very fortunate and happy to have done that. But 29029s are usually part of my summer too. So that's nothing new. And the occasional event here and there with regards to Hell on the Hill. Also not anything new. I didn't race anything. So therefore, let's say I would have done two or three races or events this summer or training camps. So the content of the summer didn't get busier, but the future adventure of the summer got busier because I had an interesting email inquiry in May via the website from someone asking for endurance training tips. It goes like this. A few special operations vets jumping, parentheses, free fall, running a marathon and dipping in water on all seven continents and completing the mission in seven days. That was under the heading topics to discuss. When you do a consultation questionnaire, that's what how it comes up on the website. A former SEAL dreamed this up, go figure. I want to talk smart training plan for athletes regarding the seven marathons back to back. We are all embracing zone two MAF methodology for the train up, and you seem like the guy to call based on Finding Ultra. This expedition will occur in February 2023. All right, so, well, by the way, MAF being Maffetone Methodology, Zone 2 work. All right, so I get this questionnaire, coaching, excuse me, not consultation, AIM coaching questionnaire. I was like, all right, this is going to be interesting. So I get on the horn with this gentleman, Alex, and we hit it off. But the first thing I tell him is like, listen, are these all vets? Or what's the situation? And he explained to me that we are there are some active duty, and some veterans that are part of this larger team getting ready for seven marathons in seven days on seven continents. And I, I sort of laughed a little bit. And why did I laugh? Well, mainly because at this time I was already coaching three athletes for the world marathon challenge which is seven marathons in seven days on seven continents and theirs was going to be in october and so when he reached out in uh what is this Uh, excuse me it's in april um i was like oh well that's good i just started working with a few athletes in in february or so that i've been working around sort of how the training would work for this and what kind of principles we wanna include and how the the buildup would be and how to keep them healthy. And they're all working people. So therefore like trying to navigate through this type of volume of doing 184 mile running week. And he said, well, that's fantastic. That's great. That's exactly what we're looking for. And uh, so, In our conversation, what came up, and that's nothing new to many of you who've been longtime listeners. I coach active military and first responders for free, always have, always will, and veterans also. In most cases, unless you know they have, you know, if you're a veteran and you're working at a Fortune 500 company and you're a C-level executive, no, that's going to be a little bit different. I'm going to charge you for coaching. But if you're a veteran recently out of the service and sort of using endurance events to create a foundation of purpose and health, as well as mental clarity, I absolutely coach you for free. And same thing for first responders Um, just recently out of their, let's say, career or what they're doing. Uh, firefighters, wildland firefighters, especially pretty hard line of work and so forth. So we hit it off pretty quickly. He was happy to hear that this coaching was for free for this group. And I was quickly introduced to the entire group. Fascinating, fascinating journey they were looking to embark upon. And I will defer to that journey on the deeper meaning with that in a few minutes because one of those seals Ryan Parrott is going to join us on this podcast and he will explain a little bit where this idea came up as you could hear from the email um, a former seal dreamed this up go figure so what's different well as you'll hear in this podcast Different is it's a bunch of SEALs and former um, Army Special Operators, also known as um, an elite group called the Delta Force, Um, all veterans in the meantime, they're no longer in the service. We're all looking to take this to a next level, why you'll hear in the podcast, but just being who they are, they also wanted to skydive, base jump at each location of the 777, as well as plunge, dip. Swim, whatever is required to close out the sea, land, air component of what these gentlemen like to do. Now, at first, I was like, oh, well, I've coached plenty of um, athletes in the community of special operators. I've coached a variety of SEALs in the past. I've coached a variety of different. Um, marine reconnaissance guys i've coached guys for the united nations special units where they go into countries and they are basically the security for some of the un um, efforts that are required i've coached in this community for probably a good 15 years and have a variety of referrals veterans and so forth i've coached the first ever um islamic based um special forces operator to make it to the system being um an army ranger and then also moving on to the special forces of the army in 2017 2018 so that was exciting we started from him being basically a um, police officer like to almost say mall cop (laughs) no but he was a little bit more than that all the way through to his first 50k all the way through to his first 100k all the way through to his first selection training all the way through to his work and then the weeks of prep to be special forces with 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 regards to fort bragg and uh, temperature difficulties that they work with one of the key components here i know i'm digressing a little bit But one of the key components that many of the selection units work through are the four pillars of misery. And those four pillars are cold, hunger, lack of sleep, and wet. So you put those four together, you're going to bring out suffering in a human being. And whether you do it via the, you know, hell week and buds, or you do it via the work That they do out of fort bragg and other locations for the other military branches they're getting their work in and they're getting their suffering in and so here i am thinking that i am capable of coaching these gentlemen and that's how they heard about me not really in the true bringing you back down to earth I was probably the sixth or seventh coach they'll they won't admit it but i think i was like the sixth or seventh coach that they reached out to because they i know for a fact from both ends um, that they reached out to an acquaintance chad wright who i work with via jesse as well as at 29029 events and a few other um retreats and so on that we've worked together on that they re- reached out to chad to help them on this adventure as well but he didn't quite uh, vibe with the with the guys with the team as much, and so they continued to work their way down the list of potential coaches, and eventually, they came across me. So, what does this have to do with the summer? This has to do with the summer because we started the coaching and the work for the seven 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 in June one. And we're already talking in our meetings with the full team and getting the logistics understanding and the nutritionists and dietitians and the body workers and the sponsors and all the gear and everything required for this. This isn't a private outfit that has already been doing this for years. This is one guy putting together an idea that's completely um, outside of the box of what A, what he's ever done, but nor how it's ever been done with regards to the seven by seven by seven and again there's a deeper reason and purpose behind all this and i'll let ryan explain that but that's a team of 40 to 50 that we get on a phone call with monthly to go through logistics and planning for this larger event and then the weekly coaching calls that come with that that ate into my summer because working with these gentlemen and getting them going was an additional not load but it was an additional time restriction let's throw into it that these guys were oh so kind to ask me to join them so now i'm going to be running with them seven marathons on seven continents in seven days joining them on the plane and and flying around the world with all these operators, former Green Berets, and you'll hear the whole story coming up in this podcast. But that's how the summer of 2022 unfolded. And again, many reasons, but also, as you heard, why I don't just like to record to record. And as I was working with these guys, and as I'm working with a lot of Jesse's clients as I'm working with uh, different groups, whether 29029 or, 29 or all day running company groups, I'm constantly recognizing or talking to people. That would be great to have on the podcast. But again, that's a different format than what we're looking to do on here and bringing out potential. So it's not just filling content and having a weekly or a monthly or a Biweekly weekly or whatever it is podcast to just fill the air. This is about endurance and the pursuit of potential. So let me formally introduce what we're going to talk about today. And that is Ryan Parrott, former Navy SEAL, great guy, organizer of this crazy adventure called Human Performance Project 7X. We're going to be traveling around the world together in February working our way from Antarctica, to Perth, Australia, to Dubai, to Cairo, Egypt, to London, England, to Cartagena, Colombia, and finishing in Florida at the Navy Seal Museum in Fort Pierce. That's the trip. And we dive right into the conversation here. Ryan and I have become good friends. I've come I went down to visit him. Over the summer, spent some time with him. I've spent some time with a couple of the other operators in this group running. There's only four runners, including me. There's two pacers who have done, who are good friends of this group as well, who have done all kinds of crazy adventures as well. One of them running across America in a matter of 90 days, I think it was, 30 to 40 miles a day for 90 days. Just think of that. And then there's a crew and a team of another 30 to 35 people from flying planes to setting up the skydiving jumps at each location and base jumps to coordinating the course, which you'll hear about. There is a big team. It's a full seven, seven, seven taking us around the world, then with side planes and helicopters and movements of gear and equipment and nutrition and hydration and all that as, again, with the military precision that these gentlemen are used to. So this will be the first of about three podcasts over the next few months about this adventure, where I'll have some of the guys on, and you'll get sort of a sense of the dynamics and the fun we're having. But yeah, that's the update. That's the update. Many ask me, what's your next adventure, Chris? And I get the privilege, truly the privilege of saying, I'm gonna run seven marathons in seven days on seven continents with some outstanding humans, people who served our country in the ultimate way, with regards to putting their life on the line in ways that we will never know. And these guys are great humans, humble, supportive, friendly, loving, caring, open, vulnerable, honest, everything I cherish in friendship. And they have been nothing but welcoming and amazing to me. So I hope you enjoy this conversation with Ryan Parrott. So we're going on this adventure and this adventure of seven continents in seven days and seven marathons, right? And so I think where we wanna start off is figuring out why you came up with this in the first place. Why the 777 and how it resonates with you in that
0: respect? It's a great question. Um, I mean, it dates back to just being in the military, you know, starting in 2002. uh, And even before that, just, you know, admiring the military for my grandfathers in World War II and then getting my shot to go. And, you know, I I never had contemplated military until 9-11 happened. And so that's why uh, most of us at that time frame joined. And, you know, we were going to war right out of the gate. And what we didn't really think through is that, after one deployment or several combat deployments it takes a toll on you both physically and mentally that nobody talks about nobody even knew even though we've been through so many different wars in our past for generations there's still not any information about okay you go to war you go to combat you're going to have these side effects just like you take any medicine or anything well war has side effects and You know, I felt my own. I came out with a traumatic brain injury. I was blown up in 2005, and I had to deal with that. And until you're ready to take the reins and deal with it, you're just going to go south. But people will surround you to help you. That's the beauty of today is so many people that want to help a vet. It got serious for me where I started thinking about this specific, specific mission because I got a call January 2nd, 2019 that my sniper partner took his life. And that right there, it's... It's one thing to lose a friend to suicide, but it's another thing to lose your absolute true north. When you think about your mentor in life, you think about the fact that they're bomb proof. You never even contemplate the fact that they're going to die. You just know that anytime you want, you can call them to gain wisdom, advice, that they are your true north sounding born Well, that was David Metcalf. He wasn't just my sniper partner. He was not only my true north, he was our whole platoon's true north. And then he's gone. And it was such a shell shock that it just, I mean, it was like a gut shot that I couldn't recover from. It ripped my ego and my pride straight from me. And normally what I would do is I'd go, you know, I don't drink, but I would go and just hammer down a bottle because I'm pissed off and I want to act like a child and I just don't want to deal with it. But instead of doing that, because I've lost friends before, I decided to take a step back and sit down and say, okay, what in the hell are we missing? Now, I don't think I'm some kind of savior or some genius that can fix things, but I always ask the question from my own edification, what are we missing? Why is it that we're losing so many people? It's not just veterans, first responders, it's civilian. There are so many suicides happening that it's becoming a normalcy in today's society. And you think about the fact that when you make that decision, you are ending your life. That's a humongous decision that I can't even contemplate. So asking the question to myself, because I've never been to that point, but that doesn't mean I can't get to that point. I don't know what the future holds for me. I don't know if a traumatic brain injury that I had is going to start to deteriorate my brain over time. I don't know if things are going to get so bad economically that I can't survive and fend for my family. I have no idea what the future holds. So I asked this question, is it just the brain, or is it more at play here? And my thought was, well, your brain is a muscle, so brain can be called brain or it can also be called physiology as well. Every single thing in your body must be in tune in order for your body to be successful and work and move forward. Well, we're really good in the military at absolutely destroying our system. They're terrible. They break us. They completely break us. And. You wonder after 20 years of combat or 20 years of just breaking yourself and you get out and you're a mess, you wonder why you're having problems. It's quite simple and it's right in front of our face. They never do anything to reboot us. There's no human performance training that is absolutely ready to go right out of the gate every time you do a workup. So you're just continually going backwards. And then you add on top of that that you don't get any sleep. You eat like crap. You uh, go out and party all the time and you're filling yourself with alcohol and when you're in your 20s, early 20s, it's okay. And then it starts to creep up on you, but you push it aside and then it becomes a real problem. So I look at the number of suicides and I think Boston University did a study in 2021 that says post 9-11, we have lost se- over, just over 7,000 veterans to or military to combat and training. So that's seven, just over 7,000. Post 9-11... We have lost over thirty thousand to suicide. You look at those numbers, and you got to do something about it. So I actually stepped down from my organization, and I threw this um, thesis, this idea, to a buddy of mine who's a doctor at a major university. And I said, Hey, what do you think about this? Is it just brainers or more? Is it physiological? He goes, Absolutely, one hundred percent, it is. I said, Okay, cool. So if we know this, then why aren't we doing something about it? He goes, What do you propose? And That's the birth of the human performance project,
1: man, lot in there, (laughs) lot in there. Um, so we know in the meantime, right. And this is the crazy thing is it's, I'm sure they know it in the military just as well, that it's all connected, right? Gut, body, brain, it's all one system, right? And you continue to trash on it or ask it to be under stress it's not going to continue to work without the recovery without the care for it like you take any other system (laughs) an engine in a car and you continue to freaking race that thing and rev that thing and beat that thing up it's going to break down it's not going to perform and that's the crazy thing like you and i have talked uh, a little bit but also i talk to people about this project and it's exactly that it's Understanding that here are the highest performing operators in our country, right? You talk about, you know, human performance, it's you guys. And yet, like you said, no knowledge on supplementation. If anything, the wrong supplementation in life in general for any athlete, for any human actually is detrimental to your health than it is even neutral or par, let alone a benefit. So you're just throwing shit into your body. You're not taking care of your body. You guys are stuck on in this like state of stress, low boiling stress the entire time you're out there, right? Then you come home and now you got to be a dad. You got to be a provider. You got to do special skills training. You got to work out. You got to be ready, right? Like catch up on life. So you don't get downtime, you don't get to chill out for 6 weeks and reboot the system, like you say, and sort of reestablish sort of normalcy. And boom, the next call comes. And so can you imagine, like, for us civilians, to imagine us being under this type of stress, and this kind of load, and this type of worry constantly for years on end, lack of sleep or irregular sleep, worries, of course, the trauma and the memories of Other things as well, affecting sleep. So it all lines up very, very clearly that it's right there in front of us, but we're looking for like this magical path of some sort that's going to fix this, but it's about health and health is brain health, is physical health, is gut health, it's mental health. It's all health. Um, And that's the amazing thing about what you're doing and how this all came about when you guys approached me. So let's go back to that. So let's rebuild this entire story from day one. Um, There's four of us or four of you guys who are going on this human performance project, 7X. And it's seven marathons in seven days on seven continents in a row for those that haven't put that together. And you guys sort of birthed this a couple, you know, like a year ago, year and a half ago.
0: Yeah, I created the original idea about seven years ago. Yeah, it was supposed to be a skydive on each continent, mm-hmm. actually a base jump. And then it morphed because who cares? <laughs> like, good, go jump. Have fun.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, and so then you put this team together of four runners, you. Um, and three other guys, of which one guy is somewhat a a performance coach himself, and he works with athletes and helps people optimize their fitness and health with regards to endurance as well. And he had reached out to me that, hey, there's a group of us, we're looking to do something crazy, can I set up a consult? And I talked to our guy Alex for about 10 minutes, and I was able to put together one plus one plus one, with regards to seven by seven by seven. And I also right away let him know, if you guys are active or former military, I coach for free. That's that's absolutely no questions asked. First responders as well as active and, and, and vets um, as my small way to say thank you. Thank you for what you guys do every single day. And you continue to do post-service every single day because you're paying the price for that time and so the thank you doesn't go you know just while you're in the service it's it's for the rest of your life thank you for your service any vet anyone out there thank you right so then alex introduced me to you guys (laughs) we were on a call a week later and um there we are talking about seven marathons in seven days on seven continents. Now, there is a private outfit that does offer this. And for $50,000, I think it is, or $70,000, you can get on with a private group of 35 and do this similar challenge. But as you already alluded to, one, you're taking it to the next level, which you'll describe in a moment. And two, there's a deeper message within this. And so I'll let you take it from there. So first, how are I keep saying we because it is a we, how are we doing it differently?
0: Yeah, so I didn't even know about the other challenge at the particular time that I was creating this. My thought was one, we have to do something that's absolutely challenging where it fatigues us because it pushes us into a state of having to reboot our systems once again. There's no question that our teammates um, will have, are already needing a reboot. They, most of them just either finished a full career service or they're still finishing a career service, but they've got taxation on their body. So, but I wanted to get everybody, including myself, down to that deep level of, I need to reboot now so we can study, analyze that, and then take information and deploy it into a manual to help others. How did we diversify? I found out of the World Marathon Challenge and I'm like, oh, this is pretty cool. I was kind of coming up with the concept of going to all seven continents. The difference is, which is really interesting for them, I am not a runner, so I would never pay $50,000 to go run all seven continents because that just sounds horrible to me. Like, I can think about spending $50,000 a different way, um, mostly because I'm so weak. I love falling out of airplanes and doing that e- the easy ride out of life, right? But for us, when I looked at that challenge, it was like, wow, that's really cool. And it seems like it's super hard because I'm not that guy, but what if we were to tack on either a skydive or a base jump to each location before or after the run, do a full marathon, and then either plunge or swim on each continent to make it sea or land like seal? Because that really gets into the environment of somewhat triathlete uh, athletics slash somewhat combat operator because you got the air in there and just a whole nother ball game and so we created that or i created that idea because i was like this just seems hard i mean it's a nightmare logistically to put this together but it also seems hard from a standpoint of you have to be on your game with everything we had no clue what we were doing training wise for running until we met you we're like okay we're just gonna go run some miles every day and see what happens and then you started putting us on a protocol we're like whoa thank god for chris this is amazing the skydiving portion, I can't tell you how many times we've done landings where I'm a pretty proficient skydiver and I've landed and tweaked my knee, tweaked my ankle. So you have to be on your game. You have to understand winds. So there's so many different variables to this going from negative marathon running to almost 100 degrees in a 24 hour period marathon running. There's so many different differences here. And then the route we chose to do this full tour is completely bass backwards from what. All aviation companies will tell you what the World Marathon Challenge will tell us. They're like, there's an easier way to do this route. And it kind of follows suit with the weather and that. Nope. We want the environmentals. We want the variables. We want to kick our ass into the ground so we can start gaining data from there.
1: Yeah. And that's what I love about it. It obviously intrigues me. And everybody on this podcast knows this is what I live for. Um, Who we are in adversity is who we are and just the mental component of this will be so phenomenal and just how we will kick out of this seven eight days later so we'll meet a day prior and you know so it'll be an eight day nine day trip but we start the seven marathons in seven days you know on a set day and off we go but who will be on the other side of this, what we've learned about ourselves, what we've learned about each other, what we've learned about human performance, as well as human suffering is gonna be completely different, right? Because yeah, we're going from the Antarctic, you know, whatever season it is, it's not like it's warm there ever, to Perth, Australia as day two, we're, you know, in their February, we're doing this in February, is, uh, probably like 110 to 120 degrees. So it's getting off of a plane h- into an oven and figuring this out. I mean, figuring it out. We know what we need to do with regards to running, with regards to jumping, with regards to plunging, but you got to do it right. You got to take care of your body. You got to take care of your mind. You got to take care of your recovery and then get ready to do it again. You know, in many cases, 12 to 16 hours later because we're going with the days and we got a lot of logistics to work out along the way. Um, so let's just fly through that for a second. So we'll start in the Antarctic and we'll do our jump or you guys will do your jump and a, we'll do our marathon, which sounds like an amazing place that we're going to end up in. And then we'll do a plunge (laughs) cold plunge, literally (laughs) the best cold plunge that can be in the Antarctic. And then, uh, you had mentioned to me we're seven-ish hours boots on the ground before we need to get going to location number two.
0: So there is a moving... small change. Yeah. There is a small change to that. Just it was uh, it happened about forty-eight hours ago. But ultimately, the guy who's running this specific place in Antarctica said, "You need to. We can fly straight into Antarctica from Cape Town when we land. Just refuel and go." He said, give us 24 hours to show everybody on your team a good time before you go kick your ass. And so we're getting everybody out there for a 24-hour period to have a super cool base camp. And so everybody will be able to enjoy. I'm going to sleep. I've been to some cold weather places before. I'm going to look at Antarctica. I'm going to do a 360 turn and then I'm going to get sleep, put my feet up. And I'm saying I'm going to need every bit I got. <laughs> <laughs>
1: not just that, but it's like it's all white and blue sky or not blue sky. <laughs> Either way, it's like, <laughs> yeah, I hear you. Yeah. And so then we'll move on Perth, Australia from there. Yep. We jump to Dubai from there. And so let's go backwards. In Perth, you guys are skydiving. You guys have one of the world's most renowned skydivers and um, squirrel suit flyers as part of this crew um, of crazies. And uh, he'll be joining us for a marathon in Australia as well. And so you guys will be uh, base jumping or skydiving there?
0: Australia skydiving.
1: And then um, we'll plunge there. So let's go back right then and there. Who's charting the courses and the marathons? Because this is the other difference with the World Marathon Challenge. It's like nice paved, marked, the whole thing. It's all clean and just being done, you know, in a pretty catered way. I and mean, once again, we're choosing <laughs> to do it a little differently.
0: Yeah. So the concept I had when we started saying, all right, we're going to do this in all seven continents, rather than just connect with people local and say, hey, can you go do something for us, map something out, get some approvals for us, I wanted to send our own team to really make sure that we had everything we needed. They deep-seated everything. They met with contacts. And so we brought in a team of Green Berets, ex or former Green Berets or retired Green Berets, because I know that they are, coming from the special operations community, these guys are the best at going into an unknown, unknown location, mapping things out, meeting with people, identifying friends. And so they was those were the guys. So we ended up sending... Two rock star Green Berets around the world. I mean, their trip was so unbelievable. They're like, we're in. Like, I get to go, I get paid to go travel the world. And there's some funny stories within that. But they went out and I said specifically, like, the best thing for us is one, we want it scenic. We don't want to just run like in the outback of Australia in a forest where we can't even see it. Like, we have to see some things uh, because it becomes monotonous, right? The other side to it was, as much as we can get trail going, trail is key. It's just absolutely key. It's so much fun. And so that's what they really ran off of is let's stay as much away from pavement as we can and really find trails that are off the beaten path. Let's immerse ourselves into the country that we're in. And so, you know, going from Australia on a paved or on a trail to Cartagena, Columbia, where you're truly running around old town in the city and you're going up on a big old like a wall and then you're coming down around to the beach on the ocean it's just like this insane loop and so that's the thing we're looking for is like those those things are the motivators to keep you going as you get two three four days into it and you're like okay another marathon here we go there's one thing that i ask yeah. you please to tell the entire team before we even take off. don't ever throw out the term just another mile I hate that term because that's what they gave me for my 100 miler. And I'm like, okay, if I have to hear this 100 times right now, I'm going to go nuts.
1: <laughs> yeah, most, most people listening to this know me as a coach and, and in the extended community. They know I don't speak much in the first place. And then secondly, when I do, it's a little bit more serious than just another mile. <laughs> yeah what do i what do i always say there's no hugs handshakes or high fives in this with my coaching yeah
0: it's that's like so let's true. get this shit done that's exactly true <laughs> yes like, I, I, we know that you it's guys like, all know you got a broken leg okay cool so here's what we're gonna do we're gonna back off today tomorrow we're starting again okay you ready yeah, exactly like, my god are you and en- did i just enlist again in the military <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah so um throw into that as well so that's part of the course now what we're also um haven't brought up yet is that you're making a documentary and filming all this and getting as much information from photography movies as well as we're writing and building a manual about health and human performance and how this all can help Um, i think the way i've described it to the people i've been talking to about this project is that you're not saying this is the answer but that there is an answer an an improvement it can only help by being healthier smarter stronger fitter throughout that the whole system is supported in a better way so that it's not also firing six, seven other deficits, at least the body's healthy, at least the gut's healthy, and it can then support the mind and any other stress we're going through. And so this this documentary and this manual is really supposed to capture that to show what we, you guys, post-service and ending service, are capable of and how the spirit
0: can just take over the body with health. That's a perfect way to say it. I mean, it's, it's beautifully said, you know, I've, I've said this thing too. It's, we're not, we know, I know for a fact this isn't ending suicide. That's not the goal. The goal is to put a curve on suicide because I don't believe that every single person that is taking their life these days is just based off of brain. So There is a point where people who have traumatic brain injuries need to go seek those neurologists and those specific brain doctors, but for everybody else, we got to tweak everybody and tune them up, and we got to get the baselines down again. You're like, let's take you back to homeostasis. And so this manual will solve for two things. One, give it to a 14-year-old kid and let him start to understand what it's like to live with True North in mind from the get-go. Let's start him out of the gate correct, Um, because America's not set up for that, and a lot of places are not. So it's about starting out with true north in mind and then the other side is how to reboot. Let's get you back to homeostasis. This is foundational basics, you know? Like we always in the special operations come back from a deployment and we revert right back to day one, the basics again. Because that's it. Like you say, oh, I have all these elite trainings and all this stuff. No, everything derives from the basics. Everything. So let's just go back to the simplest the simplest form of it. Make sure we're good. And then we can start working our way up to being elite. And so we say, let's build the foundation first and then you can build whatever beautiful home you want on top of that. The home is up to you. The foundation's where we're at.
1: Yeah, and we've also talked about this, you and I, with regards to that for the young potential future members of the special operations to have this knowledge, to be to be able to serve better. You're going to be a more optimal, better serving Um longevity wise, better um, operator. At the end of the day, if you know your body better, if you take care of your body better, if you can go in these stress and rest cycles a little bit better and understand like, I can perform at a higher level. And quite honestly, we spend so much money and time thinking about like how to make the the human better in this respect. And we're not applying it into the most important field that there is with those defending our country and you know fighting for freedom around the world
0: it is interesting right when you think about the the special operations community and the military and the american military is you know barn on the best no question about it and the fact that we're so limited on these things right here it's like blows my mind and i've lived it and i'm a product example of it so the beautiful thing about this is I don't consider myself like the head of this project. I consider myself an end user because I am an end user. I'm a guy going through this, learning from guys like you and from everybody else on our team, from our dietitian and our PT and our skydivers and base jumpers and our coach, you, and everybody. I'm learning and implementing this into my life, and I'm gaining from it. So it's proof in the pudding right out of the gate. It's taking me back to the basics. It's teaching me things that I did not know. And so, therefore, I know this is effective. And so, this documentary is going to truly be the marketing arm to say, this is what we did. It was pretty cool, it was amazing, life changing, and just one of those ones for the books. But the bigger play here is you've seen this information. Now, go pick up a copy, which 100% of the net proceeds of this manual go to multiple charities around the world. That's for veteran and first responders. And then start living your true north. And so there's action, there's attack and movement behind our message. It's not just, we did this, check, next. No, there's going to be a wave after effect of people coming in saying, you know what? This is amazing. I've been doing this the wrong way and now I'm going and I have a feeling that you are going to be attacked as a coach after this like a thousand times over and I'm going (laughs) to laugh so hard when I hear that your email is exploding. It's going to be hilarious. Not that it's already not, but.
1: But that's the fun thing that you and I have talked about too, that creating an annual sort of challenge of some sort, now that others have seen it and others can see the benefits of it, that we all get together again on an annual basis and just sort of grow this community from that perspective of like, there's health and there's that understanding and then there's that growth and all those things together to again, optimize the years we have in a better like optimize is the wrong word but just to improve straight up improve i mean this isn't about optimizing it's just about improving and again affecting the curve that you're talking about and for us to have an adventure let's say in a year from now or a year and a half from now we're others come and join and do something epic with all of us, or we all together do something epic and grow this community and their ambassadors out there going, no, you really have to take a different angle at this and look at this differently and be a participant and have a true north and purpose and understanding in your day-to-day. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be absolutely awesome. We know the event, we know when we're doing it, middle of February. The logistics of this are, we're a team of about 40 to 50 in the meantime, right? We're taking a plane around the world that will then from a logistical standpoint, then we jump on smaller planes or smaller uh, aspects to get to the locations we need to get to because this larger plane with all of us isn't gonna be landing right where we're doing our marathon every time. And then, we also have a variety of VIPs on board and people who are joining because they wanna do this trip of a lifetime with this group of amazing people. Tell me more about that.
0: Yeah, so initially when I started this, um, I wanna give props to a company, Thorn. Thorne was the first adopter of this. They stepped up right out of the gate, not knowing me, not knowing my project, and then imagine pitching them this idea. You don't know me, and then I'm saying, we're going to do this. They're just like, you're so full of shit. This is ridiculous. We're out. No, they were like, we're in. I love this. And they said, whatever data you collect, if we could get our hands on that too, because they want to better serve the people that they serve. So I'm like, all in. Let's go. Let's share the information. That's what it's for. So props to Thorne for that. Um, And so from that point, I said, all right, we go after corporate sponsors. We can fund this thing. And we can move it forward. Well, obviously economically, times have been tough for companies, corporations. It's been difficult the last couple of years. And so I found myself in a really precarious position where I'm like, all right, I've started this team, we've started talking about it, and now I'm having a real time, real hard time funding it. I'm like, how am I gonna do this? Well, I know people. So I started talking to some people I know that could afford something on a higher level. And I said, you know what, what if you were to come with us? But instead of you running all seven marathons and jumping and all this stuff, what if we were to send you on an experiential deal? You could log a mile or two with us on each continent. You could definitely plunge with us, and we'll make opportunities for skydiving. But what if we were to set up something so gnarly on each continent that you felt alive that you cannot do so that when your friend next week says, hey, what did you do last week? You can't even explain it. Right?
1: Yeah. <laughs> Wait, you did what? Yeah. <laughs> I just went to my neighbor's barbecue.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Like, right. I did too in, in uh, Antarctica. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, in Cairo. Yeah. So that's one of the reasons that we deployed the Green Berets as well because they ended up going and meeting with some of the most amazing people to pull out these things that you cannot do on your own. You can spend all the money in the world and they're not going to listen to you or partner with you because the access that we have of our, base, or our, our backgrounds is what gets us in these doors to be able to pull these things off. And so these VIPs that spent quite a bit of money on going with us will log a few miles on each continent. They will definitely plunge with us in all locations or ones they choose to. And then they're going to jump tandem over the pyramids of Egypt, are going to do other insane things like shooting fully automatic machine guns off of boats in Colombia. I mean, you talk about Tony Montana, and then we go right from that into being James Bond in London. And there's just so many cool things that they're going to do. Um, to make it worthwhile. So that's what we did is we ended up transitioning to VIPs, selling seats mm-hmm. for a price tag. Each one of them got, um, get to go with us on the whole trip and become part of the team. You know, so that's, yeah. And that's been a very successful road for us to be able to fund this thing. And then from there, it actually gave us the option to go talk to all these supplement companies and these health and nutrition companies and say, we would like to work with you. I'm not asking for money i need your product for our entire team would you be willing to outfit it and every one of them came forward and said we're in and so we're so Mm -hmm. blessed that we have i mean when you go into my pantry it's like my kids are like what in the world is going on here we got a little bit of everything here (laughs) and then see them digging into the honey we have honey
1: stinger waffles for the seventh
0: breakfast in a row oh my gosh i saw that one of my it's my school lunch too my three-year-old he's standing there with no pants on and his shirt his butt sticking out digging into the honey stingers little mini waffles i'm like get out of there it's mine it's <laughs> yeah, awesome
1: yeah you were supposed to bring cookies to school today um i have a feeling you brought a bunch of boxes of honey stingers to just shooting them around the classroom yeah um well that's great that's that's amazing so again and they'll have the opportunity to just have a have a trip of lifetime but You know, they're going to pick up a lot of learning and knowledge and insight as we're sort of doing our thing and how we're recovering and how we're eating and what's so important here and learning for themselves as well as to just, again, improve marginally for them as well. Like this is how these guys were doing it. When I get home, I'm going to think about this recovery or nutrition or supplementation or mindset um, in a different way. And it's going to be it's going to be a great team, a great group to spend a week with, um, expanded group
0: in any way. So I'm looking forward to that as well. Oh, I mean, the team is amazing. The team. I mean, I specifically chose the people on the team, minus just a very few that were excellent upgrades. But the reason that I chose them is because you can find pretty much a close to subject matter expert, not necessarily a subject matter expert, but close to anywhere in the world but do they have a good attitude <laughs> zero ego wanting to work with everybody truly helping the team achieve that's what i went for and I'm very blessed that i've met a lot of people and i cherish my friendships Th- that is everything to me in life so i specifically went after our team based off of their attitude because i knew i'm going after uh ag- against myself like i'm the lowest common denominator. I'm the weakest link on the team. I'm not the best guy ever. I'm not the best base jumper. I'm certainly not the best athlete. Um, I'm like your mascot, if anything. Like, I'll bring some morale (laughs) to the team when I'm throwing up and vomiting and pooping and that. You're gonna be laughing, so I bring morale. But I look at all this stuff and I'm like, okay, I'm gonna suck it up and I'm gonna be miserable at times. So I want good attitude around us so that the times that you hit those, those those walls or whatnot, everybody else is going to be there to pick you up off the ground. And so that's why we have this team. And when we had our team meeting, it was like everybody knew each other for years. And it's like, wow, that's cool. It was the first time where I've been on a team that was like more than you could possibly ask for, where you know we're going to succeed no matter what. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, that is awesome. So,
1: all right. So that's the logistics side of it. That's sort of where we're going. So we're going um, Antarctica, Perth, Australia, Dubai, to Cairo, Egypt, to London, to Cartagena, uh, Colombia, and then finishing in Fort Pierce, Florida at the Navy SEAL Museum, which was going to be amazing too. Um, Just the, the, the fanfare and the fun we got for that, planned for that. So that's our seven days. We know how we're getting around. We know how we're going to do it. We know who we're doing it with. So now it's just a question of getting ready for it. (laughs) And this is where the training is coming. And we started probably about, what, June? Early June is where things started picking up. And so I go about these things a little bit differently. As everybody knows, um, with my type of training, I'm a big simulation guy. And it was sort of fun teaching the team like this is how I envision us doing it. And if I were to do something like this as well, by coincidence, I have three people doing the World Marathon Challenge as well. So I have guinea pigs going through the training training prior to us going through the training they're about three weeks ahead of us and so I can see how they're responding to the training I can see where mentally they or physically they're breaking down I can see the talking points and so I sort of got a little cheat sheet there so what we did we started with our first five by and what I'm thinking is in the training for those especially listening it's about creating a situation where we're going to go through a similar process as the seven by 26, but we don't need to do seven by 26. Heck, we don't need to do seven by 20 as a si- simulation leading up to it. So we're going to culminate this in a five by 20. That's going to be our biggest training week, 100 miles in a matter of five days with a little bit of training that we have planned on, on the weekend after that. So we started with five by eight. So we do regular marathon training, uh, regular, more like 50 K 50 mile training in the, in between weeks with a recovery week here and there. And then we do a five by something simulation. We started with five by eight. Then we did five by 10. We just a couple of weeks ago finished five by 13. We're about to go into five by 16. It's, uh, late October now. So we're going to do that early in November. And then our final prep will be five by 20. And that's in early December. And you might say, well, what are you going to do from early December to early February? That's like two months. Well, that's where we're going to do some other work. We're going to get healthy. We're going to absorb all the training we've done and do some specific work like we'll run 24 miles on one day, two, three days off, then run another 24 miles so that we get familiar with the distance, but we're not breaking ourselves down that we can't recover from it and hit February in a healthy, optimized, motivated, mentally fresh state. Because, you know, as being an operator, you can push yourself through anything physically physically basically anything. But if you're not mentally fresh or in it or motivated, it's exponentially harder. And so that's one of the big focus points for me. So our five by 16 coming up is going to be over seven days. I'm not doing it in order because I'm going to say, all right, now we're getting into some big running where that's an 80 mile running weekend. So let's do it five by 16 mile runs within a matter of seven days so you can move your recovery day some or two recovery days somewhere in that week it could be the last two days it could be two on one off two on one off and that way again ensuring that we stay in one piece and don't get an overuse injury and we're going to culminate this thing (laughs) with a five by 20 which again if we're going to do this as a team we decided as a group that we're all going to get together and do the five by 20 week together in Scottsdale in a house of idiots (laughs) all hanging out for a week (laughs) and so that'll be fun in the first place right like so you put all this together and we're all going to run five by 20 every day 20 miles recovery focus on nutrition and rebuilding and and um, having the body ready for a 20 mile run the next day and we'll do trails and we'll do some pavement we'll mix it up but then because this group likes torture and this group likes a challenge and five by 20 wasn't a challenge enough. We decided we're going to do rim to rim to rim, Grand Canyon. So from south to north, um, and back to south the next day, following the five x 20, <laughs> we're going to finish the last two five by 20s, um, uh, 20 mile runs already closer to the rim. And then on the Saturday morning, we're going to get up at 2.30 in the morning, get in a bunch of vehicles and go do rim to rim to rim, which is 12,000 feet of elevation gain in a 44 mile round tripper, which will probably in our group, because we'll be a little bit tired, will take us a solid 16 to 18 hours just to throw a little cherry on top. But the beauty is, and why the, the team is excited about this is we do that. We do 144 to 146 mile week like that and get through it, we're done. We know, we know we're going to be able to do 184 mile week, rested, ready, strong together. And then we're going to enjoy that accomplishment for about six, seven weeks before we go into the true challenge. And part of this, and you and I haven't talked about this. Part of this is that we capture for all those people struggling and with who our target audience is, that camaraderie, experiences, shared stories. It's a huge part of this, man. It's a huge part of this. Teamwork, fun together, joy, meaning, purpose, It's so huge when it comes to the mental health space. And every journey from an endurance journey to a work journey to a service journey, it's in the journey with those people that you're growing in your heart and in your mind to there's more to this than just me, right? And that's what I wanna capture with our sim week in Scottsdale to show on, camera to show on the documentary to show in video and pictures man look at that look at how much not only fun they're having but joy and that's what I want and I need that in my life because that's gonna make me
0: healthier that's part of that that's the biggest part I mean that's the biggest thing the reason why special operations, become so good is not because of the job the job most of the time sucks right it's because of the people within it the brotherhood yep
1: the brotherhood absolutely
0: and the shared and the shared chaos and torture
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah but i mean it's it's right like what what do you guys even say in and hell week like because you're sharing that experience with another brother like the bell rings way more once the first guy rings the bell it's like you always get three or four because they're like, "Ugh, I just needed a reason to ring the bell, and I wasn't going to be the only lone soldier to go up there and ring it." But, and but it works the other way as well. Like you stay together as a group because I'm doing this for my man next to me as well, right? That's right. Um, so, funny story about awesome. that bell
0: too is during buds sometimes you know there's guys that have to go pick up the bell early. They have to clean it. And get it up and make it look nice. Same thing at the end of the day. There's other guys when you go report in the first phase, you actually have to ring it a different manner to actually get the attention of the instructors. And I am super happy to report that not one damn time during all of SEAL training did I ever touch that friggin' bell.
1: <laughs> you you got your way out of any type of cleaning duty. I didn't even want to look <laughs> at
0: it. <laughs> Cause it's just one of those things when you look at it, you're like, all right, it's present. Damn it, <laughs> now it's yeah, looking at me. Exactly. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I can imagine. I can imagine. How are you otherwise? Like, how's the body? How are you holding up?
0: Everything in body's good. My knee is just, it's like when I don't move, it hurts. Mm-hmm. Or it, it, mm-hmm. it lets me know it's there, but when I move, it's fine. Yeah. So it makes absolutely no sense. MJ says, you know, I just slowly get back into it, and I was like, mm, I can't, but I have to. So I'm running this weekend, and I'm going a little bit further, deeper than they told me to go. Just because I don't have, to, I can't lose any gains. Like I have to keep moving, and so mm-hmm. it's really a function of me saying I'm going to continue to train with the things that come in through training peaks. And if my knee is like shows me that it's like getting really bad or it's worse, then that's fine. I just move to the side and let you guys continue forward, and I just make sure that we do this thing. But I'm going for it.
1: Yeah, I think there's a there's a way we can navigate through that a little bit better, though, too, with regards to every other day running. Yeah. And let's say, you know, we'll get the same volume in, but we do it every other day. So let's say do 10 miles on Wednesday, but we had Tuesday off. And then on Friday, we'll do 12 miles or 10 miles or whatever the um, RX is needed. And we keep throwing an off day in between. So you're still having either every other week, four days where it's pretty good running miles. So that also keeps you sort of on or connected to 26.2. And that will be the goal.
0: Okay. All right,
1: so we've gone through the training. We've gone through pretty much everything of uh, how this is gonna work. And now throw into it that Our group, your group, asked me to join you on the marathons, which is pretty amazing that I get to take part in this once-in-a-lifetime adventure with you guys. And you guys are also just straight-up good dudes. And so it's just really been an amazing experience getting to know you and Danny and Alex and Leo, which is the core part of the team. And I'm really excited to meet everybody in Scottsdale of the extended group of the PTs, to the doctors, to the specialists, everybody's everybody supporting us in so many ways and continue to expand this brotherhood with everybody because like you guys are friends for life. We already know that. And to have more of them, it's just, it's a blessing and an honor. So, and the final thing I'll say to that is you guys are also going to make me get really uncomfortable the marathons aren't what's uncomfortable to me the plunging not really that uncomfortable for me but you guys are having me address one of my greatest fears and that is jumping out of a plane because you've offered to have me jump with you guys out of a plane and skydive over the pyramids (laughs) in in egypt as we sort of land to do our marathon and That is terrifying to me, but it's also something incredible knowing it. I'm doing it with somebody and a group that's as experienced and as fun and as caring as you guys are. So it's it's I can't even express in words how scared but excited I am at the same time.
0: So I'm going to be your coach on that side of the house. So here's what I have for you. It's not about being caught off guard. It's about a lack of foresight. So when you get finished with your skydive, you will be so proud of yourself and so motivated that you will try to be the Ironman world champion slash Olympic swimmer and run your fastest marathon. And I'm going to hold your ass back because I can't keep up. <laughs> I know what's going to happen. I'm just going to tell you now. That's
1: what we put a harness on. That's where we put a harness on all three, four of you guys are just like strap in. Here we go.
0: I'm going to seriously That'll ride the ride for sure on that one. It's going to be amazing yeah. to see you do that. Yeah. And then you're going to sign up and say, well, shit, we've got a couple more locations. I'm jumping those too. So that's what will happen. <laughs> and who knows? Who knows? And our future adventures. Hey, I cannot thank you enough for getting us on the right path here because, you know, this is a humongous endeavor, one that I created in my mind that I was like, whoa, we're not even close to being ready for it. I mean, you want to back up real quick and say one thing. You mentioned that we were doing the five biases as a part of our training. Okay. You didn't mention the first one, the five by one. That test is that the test. worst test ever. <laughs>
1: And everybody I've coached knows that five by one test and they all hate it. And so I think right now there's probably a good 5,000 people listening to this laughing, going, yes, we all hate that stupid five by one. I have the picture on my phone of
0: me laying on the the ground at the track like I will, I hope I never have to do that ever again. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
1: it's got to start somewhere <laughs> the, at least you're not running that speed for five by 20 and five by 16 <laughs> oh
0: my god i would die dude thank yeah. you from the bottom of my Absolutely. heart for everything that you have done for our team for getting us on a place where we feel you're making us feel like we're operators again you are personally no. so thank I, you
1: I appreciate that so much and anything i can do for you guys i am so honored so thank you so much for coming on i can't uh, wait to share this story with the world because they've been wondering where the hell i've been so they know now what i'm getting ready for what's next for me a lot of people ask me what's next and this one's going to be a good one to tell them what's next so yeah bro